This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, your weekly crypto crash course. Every Wednesday, join us in the dynamic world of cryptocurrency as we cover everything from major stories to short, sharp news bites. Whether you're starting out or a crypto veteran, we've got you covered. Tune in, laugh and learn. It's crypto made easy. On today's show, we explore Bitcoin's recent market pump and the record ETF flows. We delve into Bitcoin's move into the DeFi space and all that comes with that, plus the mover and the shaker. We are back with one of those this week. My name's Tracy and I'm joined by the boys Blake and Craig. Welcome to this week's podcast, boys. Okay, Trace, good to be back. Yeah, an exciting day. Craig, because it is exactly 50 days until the halvening. It's 50 days until the halvening, yes, but it's also very green. And <laughs> it is, it's very green. There's more excitement in the market than we're anticipating, I exactly. think. And yeah. it's almost like the halvening, it's like a bit of an afterthought at the moment. 50 days to go, like normally this is a huge talking point, but at the moment, yeah, the, the, the price action is pretty crazy to watch. Yeah, mm. well, because normally it's kind of a gentle kind of run up and we have that big bit of action. But yes, as you said, we've had a pretty big 24 hours after what was, I guess, a quieter few weeks and we have pushed above the $57,000 mark USD and that's the first time we've hit that uh, since December 2021. So should we talk about some contributing factors towards that, boys. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yes, let's do it. So it turns out that these ETFs just keep breaking the all-time volume records. I think we covered it last week's episode. It's broken it again. On Monday the 26th, we saw an inflow of $2.4 the second biggest day of inflow on record, and it's around 10% of all traded Bitcoin is coming through this ETF. So it's pretty wild, Blake. It's madness. We all we all jumped on the WhatsApp chat this morning, and obviously we wake up and see this news. But ten percent of the volume flowing through the ETFs—that's huge. How long was one of my questions? How long will this keep up for? Yeah, you know, it looks like it's gaining momentum, and I think that there's many other you know wealth management platforms that uh, haven't currently listed. You know, the Bitcoin ETFs are going through the due diligence process of listing them. And these are management platforms that brokers use. So, you know, they, they could be a, a platform, for example, that 10,000 stockbrokers use. Mm -hmm. uh, and as they come online, you know, it gives the opportunity for, you know, new customer bases to purchase these assets, um, as well as that as the ETF gets bigger, when it gets to a certain size anyway, many of the diversified indexes will start including it, like we saw Fidelity uh, okay. recently. Yep. 
so yeah, I think it could just keep accelerating. I think it becomes a self-fulfilling kind of prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigger it gets, the more people that buy it. I know I'm banging on about this, guys, but um, Bitcoin up 9%. Coinbase keeps going 16% up. It's up in the pre-market at the moment. I think everyone's catching on that these inflows are going directly into Coinbase's pocket. Nine out of the 12 ETFs mm. through Coinbase. So, it's up only at the moment, but famous last words, we could, yeah. see, we could see a dump. Well, like we said, it, all the other um, the Bitcoin-related stocks also had a big night last night. We said, like you said, Coinbase was up, MicroStrategy was up 16%, the Bitcoin miners were all up between 15 25%. Speaking of MicroStrategy, they, mm. ha- they did another buy over the last 10 days. Another 3,000 uh, Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, totaling, uh, I think they have about 10.28 billion in Bitcoin. So uh, our quasi-leverage um, Bitcoin fund. Yeah. I would love to know what Bitcoin has to get to before sale is the richest person on earth. <laughs> has anyone figured that out yet? There's other guys out there with you know more Bitcoin than, you know, personally with more Bitcoin than MicroStrategy. Really? Yeah. Is there really? Yeah, for sure. Mm, there you go. So we wanted to talk about too. You mentioned these other firms out there. I know who was the platform that said that they weren't going to do this? Vanguard. 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 Yes, that was a big mistake. Big mistake, as Julia Roberts was saying. Yeah, cast. Like we were saying just before, the Carson Group, a thirty billion dollar investment advisory platform, wow. is set to offer the spot Bitcoin ETFs, um, the BlackRock one, Fidelity, Bitwise, and the Franklin Templeman. Yeah, they'll be you know, obviously be able to distribute this product at scale. Thirty billion. Mm, yeah, it's huge. Okay, so to my earlier comments, when's this going to kind of slow down? It's a long way off. I think one of the contributing factors is that the sale from the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust has slowed. You know, a lot mm. of the sell pressure mm-hmm. uh, in the market was coming from people finally becoming liquid upon the listing of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And now that that sell pressure is slowing, uh, you know, it's just having a cumulative, there's a lot more cumulative buy pressure. Mm. All right. Well, as we round out that chat of the market, it's worth noting that Ethereum's price also hit a 22-month high. What did we hit total? I think the, the highest that we've gone to in the last 24 hours was uh, 3,100. 3.2. 3.2. Did it hit 3.2? 3, 2. Okay. Yeah. Trust me, I'll be refreshing it every oh, five I minutes. do trust you <laughs> on your refreshing of the Ethereum price. I trust you. And like we've mentioned before, this could be with regards to the Denkin upgrade, which is due out in March. So there you go. Ethereum also leading the charge. Up next, folks, our second story, is Bitcoin now the future of DeFi? Today, we wanted to explore this topic. It's quite a hot topic in the crypto world, Bitcoin and DeFi. We all recognise Bitcoin as the pioneering cryptocurrency, a symbol of innovation. However, a new development is unfolding in Bitcoin's narrative, and it promises to reshape the DeFi landscape as we know it. That's right, Trace. And this isn't just a controversial topic in the market. It's a controversial topic in our group chat. Me and Blake have debated this a few times. Blake has come out with some huge calls, so I'm keen to get stuck into this today. So Bitcoin DeFi has sort of become this massive narrative that's been popping off over the last year or so. And it's all thanks to these layer two scaling solutions. So we've all gone through the experience of either sending a friend some Bitcoin or buying a pair of jeans with Bitcoin and it takes 45 minutes. It costs, costs $100 to send yeah. over. 
And that's always been sort of the challenge with Bitcoin. We know it's the most decentralized. We know it's the most secure blockchain, but the parameter has always been the cost and the slow moving Mm. nature. Now with these scaling solutions, like for example, there's one called Stacks, which has been going up only lately, where these Bitcoin DeFi protocols can actually become possible. Mm. I think it all probably even went back as far as starting with Rootstock in 2021, didn't it? But it never really got popular till Stacks. Mm, That's right. So yeah, probably just to unpack this a little bit more, Layer 2 solutions have existed on Ethereum for some time um, and allows for more composability, more um, flexibility with code to be written and also faster transaction speeds to make you know, and the application layer of Ethereum. Uh, and Bitcoin has notoriously been very difficult to build these side chains or these Layer 2s on, um, but there's been some breakthroughs recently with products coming to market. However, it is very early. Now DeFi has lived on Ethereum, but your know, Ethereum's market cap is a third of what Bitcoin's is. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's obviously a massive opportunity with, say, a trillion US dollars can now potentially be used in all sorts of ways um, that it's currently not that, that easy to do. Uh, you know, when we deposit our cash into the, the bank, um, that's put to work. They give it to people for mortgages or, you know, they use it for, for different purposes to stimulate the economy. Uh, but within the crypto ecosystem, that doesn't happen on Bitcoin mm-hmm. um, because uh, these activities can't really be done in a trustless way or until now they haven't been able to. Yeah, It's going to really stimulate the ecosystem once you know, hundreds of billions of dollars can be unlocked and be used you know, for leverage to invest into the ecosystem, to borrow against, create money markets uh, and all these things that it just hasn't had the ability to do to date. And I think the reason that it was a bit of a hot topic in our chat was because you thought that it might take a little bit of liquidity away from Ethereum. Well, it certainly reduces the value proposition in some ways of your know, DeFi on Ethereum mm-hmm. because, you know, the argument can be made that, you know, Bitcoin is a more secure network because it's been around longer. It's mm-hmm. stood the test of time. It's bigger. There's more. It's more distributed and all of these key points. So, you know, when there are protocols looking to build on top of a, a layer one blockchain, you know, now Bitcoin is a contender and it will attract capital, potentially even more capital than Ethereum. Uh, but uh, there are limitations with Bitcoin. So Ethereum, it doesn't completely erode Ethereum's use case, but uh, it will somewhat. Thoughts there, Craig? The Ethereum DeFi space yeah. has $50 billion locked in DeFi. Bitcoins is $2 billion. Yeah. The Bitcoin market cap is three times the size of Ethereum. That is, wow. Mm. So, you know, Blake's a very good point that he made to me in the group chat was there's a trillion dollars being locked in the Bitcoin value ecosystem. So, mm. you know, even if it does get a little bit of uptick from them, like it could shoot up and potentially match ethereum yeah Mm. or you know a hundred billion or 200 billion dollars of unlocked value uh in the next say 24 months yeah uh, could stimulate the ecosystem in a way that we just haven't seen to date i guess also too bitcoin's got more of that regulatory friendliness to it as Mm. well well yeah it's certainly a commodity so Mm. when 
founders and, and, and projects are looking at, you know, potentially building on a network. Uh, at least the SEC has already said that that yeah. is a commodity um, mm. and it is somewhat safer. And there just seems to be the alternatives are popping up. So, for example, stacks, you'd look at that as the Arbitrum alternative. Alex mm. Labs, you'd look at that as the Uniswap alternative. Sovereign, which is one that we've talked about, you look at that as the Aave alternative on Bitcoin. Mm. And these projects, they're quite small in comparison to their Ethereum counterparts. Very, very small. Yeah. These, these projects are still in their alpha, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you've maybe got like Lightning, Liquid, all of these ones that are making things possible. But also we're not even talked about the fact that we've got ordinals which sparked this all off mm. over a year ago as well exactly it was almost like that was a sexy thing to get people to engage with it mm. and just to refresh everyone's memories ordinals allows is a you know change that allows people to now inscribe onto the bitcoin blockchain which paved the way for for nfts on bitcoin Interesting you stuff. Know, that's yep. opened up you know more activity on the network mm. uh, then with value flowing back into the into Bitcoin of course and, yeah and I was going to say again it's probably worth noting that the projects we're speaking about stack sovereign these guys have been building since mm. 2020 like these guys aren't this isn't just a fresh thing that's just happened well you mentioned at the top there rootstock mm. or at, which been I think building for a long long time 2019 I mm. think they were the the originals. Yeah, it's been a long time coming and this mm. wasn't an easy thing to achieve. You know, many people said it wasn't possible. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're going to see many more layer twos like we see on Ethereum. You know, mm. we see you know, maybe a dozen prominent players there. We'll see the same things. We'll see specialist side chains on mm. Bitcoin. Uh, but, you know, I think a saying that shouldn't be overlooked is that some of these chains that are being built on top of Bitcoin are EVM compatible, mm -hmm. which means that, uh, you're able to use the code base both on Bitcoin and Ethereum yes. that's compatible with Ethereum. Yep. And therefore, it means that some of the existing DeFi platforms, for example, Aave or Maker, could integrate some of these side chains that are being built on Bitcoin and then take market share. So mm. it won't all be new players coming in, capturing this value. It will be your incumbents also facilitating the integration of these side chains being built on Bitcoin. Yeah. I just love this, how innovative it all is. I remember when we heard about these BRC20 tokens and we were like, oh, wow, cool. Again, so even though uh, Bitcoin DeFi isn't as developed as Ethereum, it's really starting to kick off and I think it's an exciting place to keep an eye on. So we will certainly do that. Uh, let's move on now, guys. We haven't had one so far this year. Our next story is a mover and shaker for the week. Everyone loves a crypto pump. And when we see one, we'll feature that and let you know what's happened with that token or project, why it's grabbing attention and popularity in the market. We'll share with you the reasons why it's on the rise and what utility and value it may hold. This week, we're taking a look at Uniswap. Craig just mentioned that one a moment ago. The ticket is Uni, U-N-I. It has moved, I checked again this morning, 43% this week, guys. Um, we all chatted about this one. We all saw the move. Uh, why did this one happen, Craig? It's probably worth noting that it was 43% in a single candle, actually. Um, <laughs> a couple of hours. Um, not just Ooh. on the week. Yeah. So yeah. this has been rumoured for a long time. I think we've reported on it that we've it was reported potentially it before, coming. But yeah. now it's, you know, Uniswap have put out a proposal to modify the governance of their decks, which will include a fee structure 
which essentially is a rev share to the users who delegate and stake their uni tokens. Mm -hmm. Now, we know this has been in the pipeline for a while, but it's always been the vibe that legally they might not be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not sure what's changed, but the proposal will now be put forward on March 1st and the vote will be on March 8th. So, this is a huge shift for DeFi and DEXs like Uniswap. We saw a pretty residual pump across a few of them. We saw Uniswap, SushiSwap all have a bit of a, a green day due to this news. So, what does this actually mean though that token holders will then be in effect earning profits? Yeah, so in a sense, if you are a Uniswap token holder and you stake and you engage in the governance of the protocol, you will now earn a percentage of the fees generated mm -hmm. from the protocol. So it's very much the people are owning this DeFi protocol for the people to use it. So it's very much a sort of democratized way. Mm. So I'm assuming, Blake, that they think this is going to be passed then on the 1st of March. Mm. Well, I think that they've had some previous, you know, proposals to change the use of the token shot down. And okay. one of the key um, issues of why it was shot down is because you're returning your revenues or profits to token holders can easily um, fall under the category of being a security, ah. then it would become a, a much larger target for your regulators like the SEC. So they've been very, very careful about ensuring that they can, um, this can be compliant. I see. Makes sense. So what's changed here? Because Uniswap are an American company. Well, Something's changed. I think that you know, Uniswap has always been, a, a, I think as I understand it, Uniswap is a DAO mm. uh, and the company that does the R&D, Uniswap Labs, uh, yep. was domiciled in the US. There you go. Uh, but they do have VC backing. So no doubt some of the large token holders would have been involved in, um, mm. you know, formulating you know, the tokenomics. I wonder if they still have 18 staff. Remember we reported on that last year when they... No, I think they're much bigger, yeah. Much bigger now? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's crazy because the all-time high for Uniswap is around 40 bucks. Now it's at $10 and they have the rev share thing coming. So it seems like... Still pretty undervalued, hey? Potentially. This could be a good, a well, good one to hold, I, I, I think. Well, I might just point out that, you know, all of the you know, Ethereum DeFi dApps that we saw that reached their high in 2021, they've, you know, never really come close to getting back up there. It was a very hyped market. So, mm. you know, is it going to go higher? Probably, but it might not be in such a you know, boom-bust way. All right. Well, you never can tell with these markets. There you go. That was our mover and shaker for the week. I think we'll take a break there, folks. When we come back, our short, sharp news bites. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast with Tracy Blake and Craig. We have some short, sharp news bites for you. I'm going to go first. We have got MetaMask, monthly activity users nears all-time high, over 30 million users just onboarded my little sister last night with these guys. So really? the crypto, Yeah, I can't believe she didn't have them. Actually, you know what? And I onboarded her with Uniswap as well. Anyway, crypto wallet Mech MetaMask saw a 55% increase in activity users in the past four months from 19 million in September to over 30 million in January. January. That's huge. Mm. Comparable to record numbers, um, the wallet hit in 2022. The growing user base has coincided with a surge in crypto prices and more users return to find the wallet for the first time. MetaMask has rolled out Blockade, a Web3 security tool by default for multiple blockchains to protect users against malicious transactions. Great to hear. Okay, what's up next? I'll go next, guys. Starknet, S-T-R-K is the ticker, has dropped. It was the biggest airdrop of the year so far. It airdropped 728 million tokens to around 1.3 million addresses, marking the biggest airdrop of the year. I saw a lot of people on Twitter very upset that they didn't get any tokens and it was quite controversial. Why? They just, don't know, tough titties, <sighs> I guess. Don't it launched at $5, now it's back down to $2. Sounds about right for a launch, yep. The fully diluted value is very high at $20 billion, market cap $1.5 billion. So this would be something to watch. I know there is a big unlock happening over the next 31 months, starting from April which is quite aggressive compared mm. to industry standards. So this is one to watch out for. It was very much hyped up, but it'd be interesting to see what happens in that world next. All right, next up, we have a lobby group in Texas, uh, USA, and they've sued the SEC for accusing it for, of overstepping yeah, its authority in regulating digital assets. And I think they have a really good point to make here. Uh, and they've said that the SEC lacks clear direction and um, hasn't been able to provide quality information to the industry. Uh, so they will be looking to protect those who have already listed tokens in the market. And I think this is um, a really interesting initiative. And mm. um, I'd love to hear how this turns out, actually. Yeah, this is really interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's an easy case to make. Mm, it is. Mm. We'll see how that one goes. So Circle, this one is about a week old now, but Circle has ended support for uh, USDC on Tron amid compliance issues. This one came out last week. Is it just on Circle or is it a few others that I saw as well? Uh, so as I understand it, you know, they have yeah dropped utilising the Tron as a settlement layer for okay. um, their USDC coin. So for those that don't know, Tron is a quite a large blockchain, quite popular um, mm. in China uh, mm. and Asia. Uh, Justin, Justin Sun, Sun is, the founder. The, is the notorious eccentric founder. Mm. Uh, and, you know, as I understand it, um, there was lots of nefarious activity yep. on this chain and it was it did work really well. You could transfer quite quickly um, on the Tron network as opposed to using potentially a Ethereum layer 2 uh, as an example. Um, but 
Um, this doesn't surprise me. And if there are other regulated stablecoin issuers, I have no doubt that they will follow suit. Next up, guys, Reddit is filing for Love an IPO, which yeah. is quite cool. Mm. Why does it matter to us? Well, they actually have to disclose their Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Matic holdings to the market. We know that they use ETH and Matic to sell their digital collectibles. So, you know, that's going to be one to watch to see like how profitable that sector's been for them. Well, it's just good to know that they were holding Bitcoin as well because obviously they had to hold the other two because of their... Product, yeah. Yeah, product. So interesting. A judge has approved FTX proposed sale of Anthropic. So we talked about the fact that in the big FTX schmozzle, they did in fact hold um, some shares in a very successful company called Anthropic. They are now able to sell their stake in this company. They've invested $500 million, which is now worth a billion I thought it'd be more than that. Well, the courts have approved a sale of a billion dollars worth of equity in their stake. So it could be worth more than that, but originally they did invest $500 million. So they're not actually saying exactly how much here. Mm, they still could still have some on the table. And let, they could still, yeah, exactly yeah. like you said. They've done well on that. Okay, guys, so round this out, hopefully this is the last crypto exchange that's gone under, but Bitforex, which is a company... Headquartered in Hong Kong has abruptly ceased all operations, leaving customers confused and unable to access their funds as they start to wonder whether an exit scam took place. Now, a Twitter pseudonymous on-chain investigator, Zach XBT, which he's also a bit of a shit poster, <laughs> he notified the crypto Twitter community and said, Bit4x something's not right here and what do you know it's they just took 57 million dollars out for some reason 56 and a half million dollars out and now they're down for maintenance <laughs> yep they're down for maintenance the exchange appears to have zero trading volume according to coin gecko and coin market cap so could be the last one but you never know this is almost 48 hours ago now people can't get money out Everything's gone dark. It's a little bit concerning. There's a big telegraph chat that started up with everyone, you know, asking what's going on. So, yep. yeah, it's it's concerning. It is very concerning. So, again... It's concerning. And they announced that the CEO of Bitforex actually stepped down yeah. a month ago. So There's a few things that don't quite add up. So, if you are going to have your money on these smaller, less known exchanges, you should not have all of it on there. Yes, for sure. Okay, guys, that is it for the day. Next week, folks, we've actually got a another guest on here to help us go through the news. Surprise guests, we won't tell you. You have to join us next week for all the crypto news. There's always plenty. But again, thanks for joining us. Please bring a friend along next week, someone else who might be interested in crypto. So much going on. Stay curious, stay connected. You can do this by joining the Crypto Curious Facebook group, our Instagram page. Be sure to hit the subscribe button where you're listening to the podcast now. If you're looking to DCA into the crypto market, please do so by checking out the Bamboo app and using the code CURIOUS for $10 of free Bitcoin to get you started. There's a link in the show note as always. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. See you guys. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. 
Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.